Ladies and gentlemen, Fight Bananas presents Coffee and KO's podcast. We're crazy about fights and jacked on caffeine. Ladies and gents, welcome back to the Coffee and Chaos podcast presented always by Fight Bananas. And finally, it is fight week. Let's go. Dude, I have been waiting a long time to say those words. It is finally fight week and Coffee and Chaos is just taking such a big step forward in 2021. So just every aspect of this, I'm just pumped up for. Steve's got the new looking background out there. The, the he's got all that. We got merch. We got merch right here. So um, before we get into the show, we can kind of talk about that and plug that a little bit. So we got merch for sale. You can go on our Instagram, look on Linktree. It's under merch uh, merchandise. Find that everything is fifteen percent off in our store. You go if you already have a shirt, great. If not, it can be any Coffee and Ko's merchandise. Post a picture, tag us in it on Instagram, and you've automatically entered a chance to win a signed Coffee and KOs t-shirt. And no, it's not signed by us, okay, because that would be boring. We, uh, we're we actually sending a shirt down to Glory MMA. Those guys are nice enough to sign it. You know, I don't know if you've heard of guys like Grant Dawson, Kevin Kroom, possibly Laura Sanko, possibly Megan Anderson, possibly Tim Elliott. There's tons of guys down there. And uh, so if you want to win that shirt, that signed shirt, I will highly suggest taking a picture of you and your Coffee and KOs merch, post it, uh, tag us in it, and enter for a shot to win. And don't forget to use your promo code UFC is back, which gets you the 15% off. So these shirts are basically going for dirt cheap right now. Like it'd be crazy not to do this because the prize that we're giving away when it's all said and done Um priceless in my opinion but you could definitely put a a, a three-digit value to that if you wanted to yeah i mean grant dawson himself i honestly think he has a shot to become a champ here very soon the dude is is a savage so um i definitely think it is worth it go check that out guys but enough of that 2021 we are going to be off to a hot start fellas a hot start i mean good lord max holloway calvin cater that is going to be an absolute banger. Super excited for this one. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't want to get right into that because I know that, Steve, we got some segments and news we want to do. But I'm just so excited for this weekend. This three-week layoff was way too long. Way, way, way too long. It, it was way too long. But the way that they're coming in with the triple header week where you're getting Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, and they're all at, I guess they're at pretty interesting times. But the first card, which is this weekend, is going to be a 3 p.m. start time. And then Wednesday gets a little weird with a noon uh, noon start time. And then I think UFC 257, that's like your classic 10 p.m. So, you know, we got three in a row. It's going to be an incredible start to 2021. And there's just there's a ton to unpack as we start here. Yeah, so let, let's just get right into it because this show has the potential to just absolutely be a banger of a show because there's so many good things to talk about. Um, our boss, we'll say our boss, David Van Auken, uh, Jason Knight. Jason Knight is finally back in MMA. 
Um, so he is going to be fighting. Uh, Dave just just broke the news on uh, on Twitter and on um, Instagram. So I did not get to see exactly where he is uh, fighting at, but super excited for Jason Knight to be back in MMA. He totally deserves it. That dude, he kind of got the raw end of the stick when he uh, when he was kind of axed from the UFC. Way too talented to not be in the UFC. So I'm super excited for him to be back. But uh, yeah, Steve, let's get into it, dude. Yeah, we can. Uh, we got a couple segments we can get into. We can start with the fan questions. We can do news and headlines. We can do the rate this matchup, which is one of our new segments. Which one do you want to start with here? Uh, surprise me. I, I like the rate this matchup. Let's get into that quick. So Let's do it. Yes, we've been off for a while, but the, I guess the one good thing has just been this avalanche of fight announcements that are being made. So we, we have a bunch on here that we want to talk about, and I'm gonna. I'll just basically read you. One of the matchups, you just tell me one to five, like how you're feeling about it. Five is obviously the strongest. This is like the best matchup. So we'll start with uh, Kyler Phillips. The Matrix is taking on Song Yadong at UFC 259. First off, I love Song Yadong just because of his name. Uh, I think it's hysterical. Uh, Dude, I've been super impressed with Kyler Phillips. I really think that he has a shot to kind of explode here in 2021. He's looked really good so far in his brief UFC time. Um, I'm going to give that a solid three. I think, you know, Song Yadong's kind of a decent name. Kyler Phillips kind of starting to work his way up a little bit. I like that matchup. What about you? Yeah, I was thinking around like the three range just because, you know, Kyler Phillips is still making a name for himself, but he's a guy that we've talked about before saying, you know, he could be one of the potential breakout stars going into 2021. Um, and then Song Yadong, is a, it's a tough matchup. So I think that could be a banger. It doesn't have a ton of implications right now, not a ton of star power yet. So I'll agree with you. I'll go with a three on that matchup. And then that would take us to the next one, which is Pedro Munoz and Jimmy Rivera. They're going to run it back at UFC 258. Yeah, I like that too. I I think that that's a good fight for Munoz to take after his recent loss. Um, And Jimmy Rivera is a savage too. Both of those guys are really good. I think that that fight, that fight honestly screams like a four to me. I think the matchup is really good. And Jimmy Rivera was kind of high, then he fell a little bit. Now he's kind of working his way back up. And he always puts on exciting fights. Win or lose, like his fights are always exciting. That division is just always exciting. Um, so I'm excited for that one. I really like that fight. Yeah, this is a good one. This is uh, both two top 10 guys in that division, um, which is an absolutely stacked division. Jimmy Rivera, I know he was kind of like a hot prospect for a while, and then he's kind of you know, trickled down a little bit. Pedro Munoz is coming off a tough loss to Frankie Edgar, which was an interesting fight that we watched. That was a war. That was a cool one. Frankie Edgar looks really good in that. That was kind of the the revitalization of Frankie Edgar. Um, Yeah, if this was like maybe a few years ago, I'd probably bump it up a little bit. I'm going to go like three and a half on this one. Oh, really? I, I See, I think this fight still has potential to be really good. Yeah, I can see it going that way. I didn't. I don't know what happened in the first fight, but this is uh, they're running it back in this one. I'm not sure if you knew what happened previously. I don't. I don't remember what yeah. happened. It's been a while. The rematch is always like there's got to be some sort of bad blood there. Um, you would think. Yeah, I would. I would think so. So that that'll be a fun matchup, regardless. Like you said, the, that division is just fun to watch. But this one, and I know we. I think we've already talked about this a little bit, but we're just we're playing catch up on the podcast here. But Jimmy Crute is taking on. The one and only Johnny Walker on March 27th. So I'm I'm looking at our notes page here, and I'm just going to go tell you right away. I'm going to give these last two fights a five. And it's wow. just because it's just because 
I one, I love Jimmy Crew, and he is going to absolutely obliterate Johnny Walker. Like it's not even going to be close. I'm going first round TKO. I don't even think he's going to submit him. I think he's going to take him down, ground and pound, and and Johnny Walker is going to have a no answer. Um, so I'm going five just with that one because of that, and we're a Jimmy Crew podcast, and Jimmy Crew is going to destroy Johnny Walker. Like he is going to just run through him and. Kind of the same thing with Tom Aspinall. I'll go four on that one because I think that it's going to kind of test Aspinall a little bit because it's Andre Arvlosky and we know like he's he's a dog regardless. Like he's he's going to bring the fight, but I don't see Aspinall playing that one safe like Tanner Bozer did. Um, I think that he's going to go in there, shoot for the takedown, and and kind of the same thing. Going to kind of just he's very very strong at this point, and, and I think that I think that he's going to. I don't know if he's going to destroy Arlo- Arlovsky. I think he'll get the finish, though. I think he will. But I'm going to go four on that one. But uh, five for the crew fight just because I'm so amped because I think he's going to absolutely destroy Walker. And I'm not a big Johnny Walker guy. Yeah. Oh, Anytime we talk about him, I mean, he's like my, my go-to example of the guy who caught fire, was a massive favorite against Corey Anderson, who's a longtime veteran, great fighter, and he got smoked. And I see it going very similar to the Corey Anderson fight because Corey as we know, is a big-time wrestler. Jimmy Crew has a really good wrestling background, um, but he also has insane knockout power, and Johnny Walker does not have a chin. So Jimmy Crute's going to take this one. He's one of our potential breakout stars again. It could, but at the same time, Johnny Walker is fun to watch sometimes. You know, like he had that rise to fame, but he struggled against good competition. But he kind of bounced back in his last fight and pulled out the TKO win. So it is possible to happen again. I like the uh, the unknown there, so I'll give this a four. And then we have Arlovsky and Aspinall, which is, you know, Arlovsky has the big name. He's been around forever, surprises a lot of people in the Tanner Bozer fight. Um, but I don't think Tom Aspinall is going to suffer that fate. He's just got to be aggressive and get to work early. And I think he's going to win this fight. So I have both of those at like a four, two, two breakout stars for us. Yeah, I like that. I, I, I get just too amped up when it comes to Jimmy Crute, man. Like I... I'm all in on Jimmy Crute. Like I, I firmly believe that this dude has a shot to be a champ. And so I just get hyped up. Like it's like Conor McGregor. Like people are going to automatically give a Conor McGregor fight matchup, like a five, right? Because it's Conor McGregor. Like right. I almost feel that way about Jimmy Crute because I just love the man. Like he's, a, he's a awesome. He's going to, he has just so much potential. We've talked about it so many times. Like he really has, I think all the skills, like we're just starting to see the power now. Like in his striking before it was wrestling and submissions, and now he's knocking guys out, and it's like this man is gonna be a problem. Absolutely, especially as we talk about in that division, the light heavyweight division, and then same with Aspinall in the heavyweight division. It's just a lot of opportunity right now, so it's a good time to be a prospect and to just keep clearing the path and making some moves. So those are the matchups that I had. I mean, we had some obvious ones come out like. Jan Blachowicz taking on Israel Adesanya, but like you have to imagine that's an automatic five. Like a lot of these fights that came out are like that fight makes me mad though because it's it's BS that Glover Teixeira does not get this title shot, and I that just makes me so angry. Like that drives me crazy. Listen, I love Izzy, and we've said this, so I don't want to dwell on it. Like Izzy is the money factor. We get it. Like anytime he fights, he's gonna bring in more money than what Glover Teixeira is. But Glover Teixeira is like 40 years old and he's on a crazy run right now. Like you you have to acknowledge that. Like he's like maybe one, two fights away from being 
done. So give the man the shot now and, and do I don't know. Like every time you count him out, like I guarantee you he'd be a heavy underdog against Jan Blahovich, but he's proven people wrong every single time. Every time he's been counted out, he comes back and puts on, he gets rocked and just gets better. It doesn't make any sense at 40 years old, but I, that's, that's the only thing that upset me. Like, don't get me wrong. I think Izzy and Jan is going to be a great fight. I think Izzy has a shot to win the belt and, you know, and he is on par to be one of the greatest ever, but give Glover his chance. Like if, you know, if Glover wins, then Izzy can fight. Like, I, I just, I don't know. Like I, I wish that it was just kind of, you know, it would, it would have went Glover first, give the man the shot. And then you can run Izzy. Like Izzy John Jones is not happening in 2021. I don't think it, it's going to happen. So, you know, you're, what's the rush? I just, if, if anything, you could have ran Izzy versus Whitaker again in the meantime. Yeah, well, that's interesting because that's actually one of the headlines that came up has to do with Robert Whitaker. But I, I definitely agree. I think with the way that this is going to play out, like if Izzy wins the 205 belt, I personally think that he's going to win this and then go back down to 185, which would prolong the 205 belt. Like he's going to take his sweet time to fight again. Glover's only getting older. And then if Jan wins, is Jan going to take another fight this year? I don't know because he's he's getting older too. He's like 36, 37. So at the time is just really bad for Glover Teixeira. Time is not on his side. I think the way that this is going to play out with the 205 belt, it's going to be really delayed. It's going to be very slow. And Glover just had a lot of momentum. So it's just it's killing his momentum and it's killing his chances to be a champ. So I think um, I think he got snubbed straight up. It's one of the bigger snubs we've seen. A hundred percent. And it's complete bullet BS. I was gonna I was gonna curse and then I oh, didn't yeah. curse. I, I I feel like I was about to say bolognese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh okay. So that uh, that's rate this matchup. So I think we talked about that one. And then if you want to get into fan questions, we can do that. One of the questions is about Max Holloway and Calvin Cater, which you know we might be getting into later so do we want to hold off on that fan question and just take one fan question right now yeah yeah we'll do one now and one later okay because we might even discuss that one at a later point but uh we'll get into this one so do you think that both rob font and calvin cater are going to get title shots in 2021 and that's to mike aria yeah yeah friend of the show um that's tough, man, because it's these questions always stump me because it's like we haven't seen Cater fight Holloway yet. So this is like a huge jump for Cater, like huge. Like this is this is his big guy. And for Rob Font, like Marlon Morice was his big guy. Um, the only thing is with so the only thing with the division that what that's bantamweight, right? That Font's in. Yep. The only issue with that division is it's like at a standstill right now. And I think that the winner of the winner of Sterling and Jan is going to fight Sanhagen because Sanhagen's going to fight Edgar, and I th- I would think that he's probably going to beat Edgar, and then I think that that's going to catapult him to title shot. So I think by the time all that plays out, I don't think uh, Font will will get a shot in twenty twenty one. I think that if all goes well, he wins his next fight. I think he has a shot to to fight for the belt early on in 2022, but I just think with no one in that division fights often. Like they and, fight once a year. That's the and, problem. 
Dillashaw just came out, and, and didn't you say that he might be getting the title shot? And so, I just saw Rob Font called him out too. So well, so Dana White said I can I can see Dillashaw getting a shot right away. No, no fights, and that's just complete BS. The man was suspended for two years for blood doping, like not not marijuana, not blood doping, like as bad as it gets. And you mean to tell me that this dude doesn't have to prove himself to get back to the top? I've never been knocked out by Cejudo. Yeah, I've never been a big Dillashaw fan ever. Like he's probably one of the fighters that I least like. Um, and so like that, and then on top, like Dana White. Listen, he's a great businessman, and I don't ever want to piss him off because you know we're trying to make it big in UFC. But there are just some things that he does that just make no sense to me. And that is one of them. Like if I, if I'm, let's, I don't know what his title is, but if I'm like commissioner, right. Or whatever you're playing commissioner, you like, I'm like pissed off that this guy was blood doping. And I'm like, okay, you need to win at least one or two tough fights before you get a title shot. Like you need to prove yourself. The guy, like to me, like it's, it's almost like a slap in the face. You're running this organization. Guys are cheating. And like, no, you don't care. Like, and I understand Dillashaw's exciting. He is a great fighter. But to me, like, if I'm in Dana White's shoes, I'm saying no way. Like, he needs to, he needs to win a fight or two against top-notch talent to get back to, to the title shot. And I think Rob Font is a great test for him. Bro, I think it's like like murder one, blood, like taking like PEDs is like one A. Like that is one of the most disrespectful things you can do in the UFC. It, yeah, like like early 2000s, like, yeah, people did it all the time. But since USADA's been into play, like, you need to be clean. And and I think the sport is cleaner. Listen, there's always going to be people trying to work the system. That's just – that's every sport. But the game is probably cleaner now. Well, it's 100% cleaner now than it was, you know, even early, 2010, you know, 2009. Like, back then, like, everyone makes a big deal that John Jones took PEDs. Every single person John Jones has beaten has all been popped for PEDs. Like, and he destroyed them all. So it's 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 a totally different game now. Um, but yeah, I, I 100% agree. And that, you know, we always talk about we're not fans of the jump the line. And if you're going to, you know, you get popped for, for PEDs and then, you know, you come back and get an immediate title shot. How do you reward that? Like, that's garbage. Right. I think it, and, you know, he did serve his punishment. I think it was what a two-year ban, which is that's a lot of time to take away, and, and he did serve that. And it worked out for him perfect, though. He needed double shoulder surgery, anyways, so he got yeah. both his shoulders fixed, and now he's going to be healthier than ever. And I'm not saying like, listen, I think T.J. Dillashaw is a great fighter, blood doping or not. You know, I'm not saying that that was the main reason he won his fights. Like, to be a fighter, you still have to have a great fight IQ. Like John Jones, with or without roids is still hands down the greatest fighter ever just based on skill set, you know, his IQ, like PEDs don't help your fight IQ. Um, and I think D Dillashaw is still a great fighter, but I'm still making him prove himself at least one fight. Like, and wouldn't you almost want like a tune up fight? I, I don't know. That's just yeah. me. I, I definitely like, so I don't want to give away the, the cater Holloway pick yet. So I think we can only really answer half of this question. Cause you know, we're going to give away our picks if we think, Calvin Cater is going to win the shot or get a shot in 2021. So we can, you know, forgo that for now. But I agree with Rob Font not getting it in 2021. It's just strictly, it's too backed up. Like Piotrion, if he loses, he could get a rematch. Aljo, Corey Sanhagen, all these guys are in the mix. You throw in TJ Dillashaw. 
Uh, Cody Garbrandt, I don't really know what he's doing if he's dropping down to 125, but he still can fight at 135. He's the number of, uh, three ranked fighter right now. Frankie Edgar, it's just it's just too many people. He's not going to get it in 2021. I like Rob Font Dillashaw, but I also like Rob Font and um, and uh, who, what am I trying to say? And Jan, if Jan loses, see that I could get on board with that. I think that would be actually, yeah. I think it would be whoever loses should fight Rob Font, and then whoever wins will take Corey Sandhagen. And that's just it's still like a lot to happen within the year of 2021. But I think, uh, we'll yeah, do, yeah, yeah, he's not. Not getting the shot in 2021. Cater will get into in a little bit as we make our picks at the end. Um, so that's our fan question. And we can get into some of the, the news and the headlines here. I just uh, had a few things from MMA Junkie that kind of, kind of, you know, we've talked about this before, but Dana White is meeting with Khabib pretty soon. And he's just been very adamant. He's just saying, I'm going to be very aggressive in my push to have Khabib come back this year and fight again. So I, we've heard this plenty of times. You know, do you believe it? Do you not believe it? It's Dana White is a businessman. He's definitely a salesman. I, I could see him making the push, and he really, really wants Connor Khabib. Do you think he's being disrespectful to Khabib in any way? Like, you know, Khabib made it known, like, I don't want to fight without my dad in my corner. My mom doesn't want me to fight. Obviously, based on, re- like, religions, I think, kind of play a part in that and, and who and you know, the decisions they make. And he's pushing, pushing, pushing. And Khabib has constantly said, you know, I don't want to come back. I don't want to come back. I, like, yeah, everyone thinks Connor Khabib is electric. And it is, it is. But I don't see it going any different. And so it, it's hard for me to get super ex- I mean, it's Connor fight. I'm going to get excited. But it's not like I, I still lean to Khabib heavy in that. And he's beaten everyone. Like, it's just to me at this point, like, I think it was a perfect ending to his career. I think he officially cleared out everyone that even anyone thought would pose a threat to him. I don't know. In ways, I find it to be a little disrespectful. I I think, um, yeah, so two parts to that. But I I do think Dana is going to make the push regardless whether or not he thinks he's being disrespectful. And then Khabib, I think, is still open to it. You know, if if it's out in the open that Dana White's going to push for this and Khabib is still willing to meet him, then I think there is still a possibility that it's going to happen. Because why would you just not decline it and just say, no, I'm all set and don't even have any sort of discussion. So yeah, I think he, I think he will come back. I do. I end up, I think he'll come back and he'll fight the winner of Dustin and Connor and go 30 and oh, and that's it. But Dana did say that it's one more fight. Like that's it. One more fight. So I, I think it's largely going to depend on what happens at UFC 257. If Connor goes out there and gets a finish within two rounds, the, the Connor Khabib two fight is, in my opinion, very likely to happen. If Connor goes out there, doesn't put on a great performance, I don't think it's going to happen. But I think if Connor goes out there, he's lights out, then I think there's a, a real possibility of it. Yeah, I agree. I don't, well, I think if somehow Poirier was to win, then Khabib stays retired because at that point there's no reason to make, you don't make Khabib Connor. He ain't fighting for the belt if he doesn't win. Right. And I don't see, you know, would Khabib want to come back and face Oliveira? No. Like would he come back and fight like Michael Chandler? If Michael Chandler goes on a run, like maybe, but probably not. Like who else is he going to fight that he hasn't fought? Yeah, no, I I agree. hundred percent. So we'll see what happens with that. I think the meeting is taking place in January. Um, but regardless, um, 
Dana White has come out. He said that UFC 257 is not going to be for the belt, but that the winner of it will like, he said probably will get the next title shot, which is kind of mind blowing, but there's just so much going on here. So um, another news with the lightweight division, Oliver versus Gaethje was in the talks, but Oliver's manager is basically just saying he doesn't want Gaethje. He wants the title shot next. And I feel like this is kind of a hot discussion going on right now. I feel like I went out on Instagram, commented, and was like, no, nah, give Oliveira the shot. And a ton of people were coming back at me saying, like, no way. Like, give it to Gaethje versus Poirier McGregor. And there's just a lot going on. So what do you think? Who's getting the title shot? Listen, we're an Oliveira podcast. I was with you on that. Um, I feel like a lot of times if we're commenting, like, on people's stuff, like you and I kind of had the same feeling on a lot of things. And I 100% agree with you. I think, how do you not, like, what are these people seeing that doesn't warrant Oliveira's shot? Now, there are people out there that think Tony is overrated. That was which, one of Which I, I kind of agree with, but it's, it's, not, it's not necessarily always who you beat, but in the way in which you beat them. And he just purely dominated Tony Ferguson. Like, they were light years apart when it came to skill level. And I think Oliveira is like he is in his prime, like right now, like he is as hot as they come. And it's like it's almost like a Glover run. Like he's now Glover's older, but like as far as like I'm talking about runs, like just purely dominating. Every, I think he's got like eight or nine wins in a row or something like that, yeah. and like eight of them are finishes. I mean, and he didn't or not like he didn't finish Tony, but. Like I said, any other person in that division uh, taps to that armbar. He's the he's the only guy that doesn't. So I, I think Oliveira 100% gets the title shot. And I don't hate the Gaethje fight. I think I honestly think he would destroy Gaethje. He's got the he's got a longer reach. I love Justin Gaethje. He's one of my favorite fighters to watch. But he, I think Oliveira is just at this point. He to me is the most skilled person in that division. When if you put all of the all of the skills in MMA together, he is the best as far as he can do it on the ground. He can, you know, his stand up has vastly improved. His kicks are very good. I just I I really like Oliveira. He's very crafty with using his striking and his takedowns together. Now granted, I don't think he beats Khabib still because I think Khabib is just way too good of a wrestler that he could get him down and and basically hold him there and, and not have to worry about the submissions. But I just, I think that Oliveira is right now the hottest guy in that division. And I think he poses a threat to Connor and that might be a bold statement and scary to say, but he is just like, look at, I know that it was at a higher, a, a bigger weight class, but like, look at how Connor fared against, against Diaz, a, a taller, lankier fighter. The first time, like Oliveira is a taller, lankier guy that can, handle himself on the ground very very good i listen i don't know who wins that fight if it was to happen that would be a tough one for me to pick it's gonna kind of largely depend on what connor does to dustin um because again it's hard to tell because you know we don't see connor fight all the time i mean connor's connor but um so but i i would be i think that fight is pretty close in my opinion right now at least on what i'm going with from recency bias yeah, I would just say for the people who, when I said Charles Oliveira deserves it and we're clapping back saying, like, no way, like, Gaethje gets the winner of, you know, uh, Dustin versus Connor. Now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more, like, when we were talking about Justin Gaethje getting the title shot, 
you know, he went on like a, what, like a three or four win streak, but he didn't really beat amazing people either. Like, I think it was what, like James Vick and was it Barboza? Barboza, Vick. It was, it was Tony Ferguson is what propelled him. And, and if, if he would have won, like, if he would have won by decision and it was a little bit closer, he would have never got the title shot. It was more the fact that he purely just smoked Ferguson. Right. And then, but like, why are we saying that Justin Gaethje deserved it after getting a winning streak and just, you know, finishes uh, Tony? But all of a sudden, when Charles Oliveira fights Tony, now Tony's overrated and washed up. Like, why that narrative just does not make any sense to me. So, those yeah. people saying that are just making no sense. It, it's it's purely like the, the thing is with MMA is people will they cling on to a fighter and no one can beat that fighter does it deserves it more than that fighter and I totally respect it um, but like like Connor like people think and I said this on our show I think before like people think there is zero chance that Connor can lose this fight no way no chance there's no way that he can possibly lose look at who Dustin Poirier has fought in his last five fights every single person has either held a belt or fought for the belt. Like he's a killer. He's he's as good as they come. And I do think Connor comes out victorious. I know I made my pick already, but I just think like there is a way that he can lose. He's lost before. Like it's right. not like he's he's invincible. But you know Connor's got you know the 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 magic or the the Mystic Mac fan crowd and and uh, so people people can support him and I love that. You know that's great. I would love to have a fan base like that. But that doesn't make that person invincible. Yeah, Connor. Connor is beatable. We've seen it happen, and you could call it a blueprint if you want. But like the blueprint is kind of there, and it's to be able to wrestle, and it's to be able to push the pace, which is something that I just watched. I rewatched the Dustin Poirier Dan Hooker fight, and Dustin Poirier in round five was looking fresh. Like he looked good. Like he was ready to go. So like someone who's going to be able to push the pace, that's Dustin Poirier. He can do that, and he has incredible striking. Granted, I know Connor has the greater striking we've ever seen. Everyone says it. That's fine. But Dustin Borea can box, can box too. Like, he is a legit striker. So, I don't if know. If that fight gets past the round three, the betting odds are going to start swinging into Poirier's favor. That's all I got to say. Yep. Yeah, Connor, you got to put him out. I know he said it in 60 seconds, but, yeah, within two rounds, that's that's your move. If not, like, that's – yeah, that's going to move a lot towards Dustin. So, we'll have to keep an eye out on that. Um I don't know if you want to talk about this. We don't have to really get into it, but this just happened during the break. But it was the the video that came out with Mike Perry with the bloody leg. Um, there's really not much to say at this point. He's been in the news for the wrong reasons for a while now, and he has met, he has mental problems. He has mental issues. I, I do feel bad for him, um, but he just needs help. And and I do agree with a lot of the people coming out saying that the UFC isn't doing a lot. Like they'll. They'll be willing to book him another fight, but they're not willing to get him help. So I think what they need to do is just kind of isolate him from the UFC and get him some sort of some sort of treatment that's going to get him back on the right path. Yeah, I, I kind of said this to you, and I'll keep it short and sweet. He's got a kid now. His son was born. You know, congrats to him. If that doesn't change who you are, there's nothing that's going to change you. You know, you got to want the help yourself. If you don't want the help, there's no helping him. And it's sad. Mike Perry, great to watch. I think he... If he really went to a full fight camp, really put his head into it, and really, you know, got you know the help he needed, I think Mike Perry is a top ten, top fifteen guy. I really do. I mean, Mickey Gall is is a strict ground fighter, and he 
obliterated Mickey Gall in his own game. And uh, so I, I really think that Mike Perry is a very good fighter. I mean, we're seeing him fight guys with training by himself, you know, not even doing anything. Just imagine this guy is working with a good team and everything else. He needs to figure it out. I don't think the UFC is going to, I mean, look at, look at Irwin Rivera, that news uh, guy tries to murder both terrible. of his sisters. Like the UFC doesn't seem like an organization right now. It's still such a new organization. There's no union. There's no, so how they're, they don't seem like the, the type of, the type of company to really help its fighters with those situations because it's still so new. And, and that's not anything against the UFC. Like, it's just it's a new new organization and and you know like these guys they don't you know they still got to pay for all their own stuff or rely on sponsorships like the UFC is not paying your way for really anything except for your contract so um you know that's nothing against the UFC it's new hopefully in the future things kind of start getting better for fighters but 100% Mike Perry needs some sort of of help and i hope he gets it cuz i really i love to see him fight i think that he honestly is a very good fighter but I don't know. I don't know what else has to happen for for him to kind of figure it out. Yeah, it's a tricky situation. Like it's it's a bad look for the UFC when more of these stories come out, like the Irwin Rivera one. Like that, it just makes you think. Like, at what point did these fighters have issues? Like, have, is it like a CTE thing, or were they already in a bad position to begin with? But I think it kind of come, like you know you've seen the NFL change so much in the last ten years because they're finding out about CTE and they're going out of their way to now protect a lot of the you know, defenseless receivers and, um, you know, low hits on the quarterbacks, things like that. The, the, the problem, the problem is you can't, you can't change martial arts really. I like know. you can't say, well, you can only no punch us. You only have a hundred. You only got 55 chances to knock them out with headshots. If you do 55 shots to the head, that's it. Now you can only yep. work the body and the legs. Like and it's just only, yeah, it just it wouldn't it just wouldn't work that way. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't and it stinks because <laughs> I feel like at some point like this is going to catch up to the UFC because that's what happened to the NFL. The NFL went on for you know it's been around for what a hundred years and they're just finding out about CTE now. So I have to imagine that's taking place in the UFC or or mixed martial arts in general. You're just getting punched in the head a hundred times. I, I don't think it'll catch up because look at boxing. I mean, boxing has been around forever probably longer than it's definitely longer than football and they're fine. I mean, I don't think it'll catch. It's a, it's a combat sport and it's, you know, that that's, that's what it is. I mean, football, there are preventative measures when you're in a combat sport, there's no preventative measures really. (laughs) I mean, the only thing is maybe practice like restrictions or guidelines, maybe less sparring stuff like that. But when it comes to in fighting, like action, there's nothing that they can do. Yeah. Cause these guys, I mean, they, they want all of it. They want yeah. to punch people in the head. They want it. They will die in that octagon. Like they sign up exactly for that. But I feel like that's what will maybe hold them back in the mainstream. Like if they ever wanted to really get as big as the NFL as the NBA, it would just but be under scrutiny. They're going on ABC, bro. That was one. That was going to be one of my headlines. I didn't put in there on the notes, but I wanted to talk about because the ABC deal is huge. Like that is so much exposure for yeah. the UFC. I am actually pumped about that. Are you going to watch on ABC or ESPN? Because it's going to be on both. Uh, it, well, who's? I wonder who's going to be commentating on ABC. Do you know? It'll, it'll, it'll. Well, ABC is owned by ESPN. Oh, I didn't know that. So, so it's going to be the same broadcast team. Okay. Well, I'll probably watch it on ABC, just to be a little different. Why not? We'll watch yeah. it on ABC too. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's cool because I know they had a deal with uh, Fox at one point for like a year, a year and a half, and then. 
you know, they've transitioned now dealing with uh, ESPN and you can watch it on ESPN2 and ESPN Plus and all these things. Now it's on ABC. So it's just, it's really, really good exposure, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, before you know it, we'll be on there. Didn't Dave make a comment about that? He was saying like, "Oh, we're gonna get ABC and fight bananas together." So don't ever count it out. Yeah, I'm I'm not. I'm hyped up. (laughs) Okay, so last thing here, and we were just talking about it a little bit, but Dana White has said that Robert Whitaker still needs one more fight. This is garbage. He's just buying time. What is yes? What is wrong with Dana? It's insane, dude. Robert Whitaker has beaten Darren Till. He beat um, Jared Cannonier. Like he's basically just saying you have to fight Paulo Costa while Izzy goes up and does his thing. Robert like, Whitaker was the champ for how damn long? Why are you being so disrespectful to him? Like he deserves another title shot. He beat Cannonier. He beat Till. That's enough. Let him fight again. Like and and he's not. I think Izzy still wins, but like. It's going to be a much better fight than the first one. Like Whitaker, like you you said it before, he came back quick. He, it was off an injury. You know, it's he's going to be a totally different fighter now. We saw him, and now he's utilizing his wrestling again. You know, he did that against Cannonier yes. too, which you know that that's not something he kind he kind of stopped doing that for a while. So, dude, Dana White's killing me, man. I love Dana. I really do. I like Dana White, and it's just killing me. Like I don't understand. I wish that I could talk to him and be like, and, and just kind of pick his brain as to why and like a more in-depth, you know, because I don't, I don't like to judge because, you know, we only get a five minute snippet of him talking about it. I want like an in-depth explanation as to why some of these things, like why the Glover Teixeira, why Robert Whitaker, like, I don't think he has anything against them. And I understand it's money moves or you're a businessman, but at the same time, like, Man, like I, I feel like as a fan, if I'm saying Glover Teixeira as a fan, I feel like he should get the shot. I feel like as a boss, you would be like, this guy definitely deserves it. I feel like we know the why. Like it's just obviously business reasons because Dana White's all about the money. It's honestly, it's the why not. Like if you were to confront Dana White and you were like, why does Rob Whitaker not deserve this after beating Cannonier and Till? Like defend that. You can't. Without saying it's about the money, it's about the business. Like from a – he beat him standpoint in the rankings. Like why, why not? So. Yeah, it's, it's tough and it sucks because UFC is too new and there are too many casual fans. Like there's not many die her fans. So the casual fan will buy Izzy and Jan the hard, the, the, they will not buy Glover Jan. Glover right. Jan screams fight night. Izzy Jan fights or screams, you know, pay-per-view. And but to us, like I'm buying Glover and Jan because like Glover to share a story is next level. So, you know, I just, you know, it sucks. There's too many casual fans still carrying the sport. Once it starts growing a little bit, maybe it changes a little. But I mean, I understand it's it's a business, but damn, I really want to see freaking those fights happen. And Robert Whitaker, man, how are you going to disrespect that dude? I know. Former champ, the guy is a, he's a great family man, really nice guy, just beating everyone right now. So I hate to see it. Um, I, I feel like I was a Dana White fan at one point, and now I'm just kind of like, you can't really, you can't really like him that much because he's gonna screw you over at some point, and he's already done it too many times. So I'm, I'm out on Dana White. You're out on Dana White. That's a bold statement coming from a UFC based podcast. Steve, take that back. 
No, no. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fine with just like the relationship is just like you just do what you do, and I'm just gonna like pretend like I don't know who you are, and these decisions are coming from somewhere else. It, well, it's also not just him though. Like there are matchmakers, you know, Sean Shelby and those guys. So, uh, you know, I, he's the one that confronts the media, so he kind of takes the the brunt of the 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 lashing out. Bro, but you know Dana White walks into there and he's like, "All right, what do you guys got? Doesn't matter." i can't say you're wrong because you're probably right (laughs) (laughs) like he hires Uh, people but like nah dude listen i would love to be a matchmaker that means i wouldn't have to do anything because dana white just does it all i just absolutely there and and look pretty (laughs) oh Oh, man man. all right well that's that's all i had for the the news and the headlines if you want to start getting into some picks unless you had something no, I don't. I don't have anything. You did a great job. I love when you formulate the list. Makes it nice and organized. We're not over here blabbering about nothing, but <laughs> it's fight week. Super excited. It's time for picks. It's a new slate. Steve was the winner of 2020. Let's get a good boo in the in the chat here. Boo, Steve. You shouldn't have had one. Uh, but 2021, we got a we got a new slate here. And uh, listen, this is so everyone that listens to our show knows that I am just straight garbage at at, uh, saying names and talk about a tough card to start out saying names, man. Holy goodness. (laughs) This is a tough one. This the first we know the second guy. I don't know the first guy. That's a tough one. So there's there's a couple. So before we get into to the the main uh, card, there's a couple fights I'd like to like kind of point out. Carlos Felipe versus Justin Taffa. I think that fight is going to be very very good. Um, um, Amari Akhmedov versus Tom Brees. I like that fight a lot. Um, and I really like watch out for Philip Hawes this weekend. He's kind of starting to take off a little bit, and I'm super super excited to watch him fight this weekend. So that is the actually the featured prelim. Uh, of the night, Philip Hawes versus Nasardine Imavov. Uh, that's the best I can do on that one. I mean, there's there's a couple of decent fights in here. I'm not like pumped about a lot of them. I think the Akhmedov fight looks pretty interesting. He takes on Tom Breeze, who's 12 and two. I mean, Akhmedov didn't look great against Weidman, but he's still a solid fighter. Uh, David Zawada, I've seen fight a few times. He's pretty solid. So. Prelims are okay, nothing crazy. The main card's like, I don't know. I'm a little, it's a little questionable on the main card for me, to be honest. Uh, I'm kind of talking about the main a little bit. I'm a little disappointed, and I said this on Dave's show. I'm a little disappointed in all of the cards for for Fight Island. Like to start the year, like you give us a three week break, and don't get me wrong, like you give us Connor, that's great. You give us Holloway, awesome. You know. I love that. Obviously, we lost Edward Shemaev, which sucks. But I still like Kiesa Magni. I don't know if I like that as a main event, but I like that fight. But the the fights kind of following those are just eh. Like they're not they're not very exciting, which can be good though, because when there's not big names, like these guys are trying to make a name for themselves, so they could come out and put on a hell of a show. So I'm not saying that the card's gonna suck. I'm just saying, like, to start the year, like I was almost expecting like just a littered freaking card of just studs from beginning to to end on all three cards to kind of kick off the year with a bang. 
Yeah, I would have to agree. And even like you're talking about UFC 257, a pay-per-view. It's a classic Connor card. I mean, Chandler Hooker's awesome, but outside of that, there's nothing too great. But it seems like it heats up later on in the year. I know like UFC, it's either 258 or 259 has like the three title shots and it's, um, it'll get better. It'll get better. It has to. I hope so. Um, so let's start into picks. Our picks. This is the first card of 2021. Our pick. Super excited for this. First fight. Steve, how the hell do I say these names? Punahil? Soriano. Puna I can say I can say Soriano. <laughs> I, I got you on the second one. It's Dusko Todorovic. I knew Dusko Todorovic, but I'm I'm a little I'm a little stuck on Punahil Soriano. I feel like that's that makes sense to me. They they need to they need to put like a, a tr- the phonetic yeah the phonetic yes. way of saying it so that I, I can understand it better. Maybe I, yeah, maybe I need to do a little more research and not be such a bum. But um, so this fight is actually on paper seems to be really good. Both guys are undefeated. Soriano seven and zero. Todorovic ten and zero. Um, Todorovic is is minus one sixty. I have seen Todor uh, Todorovic fight a few times. He's a very good striker. Um, that's kind of his bread and butter. Um, I'm going to go to door to Dorovich and I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go TKO start off the year hot with a TKO. Yeah. I, th- I think I like a lot of finishes in this card at least. So that that's a plus, but this is, uh, I remember watching T- Dusko fight Daquan Townsend not too long ago. And I actually, just when we were on break for a quick second, there was a video of Todorovic fighting Michelle Pereira back in 2018 and he knocked him out. He's the only guy, I think, to knock out Pereira. So he's got a ton of power. He does fight very flat-footed. And Soriano seems to be more of like a wrestling heavy. Uh, he's a Dana White contender series guy. Only has They both have one fight in the UFC, so they're both both relatively new to the sport. Um, I know a lot of people like to lean wrestler on this, but I have seen Sidorovic fight a few times, and I do like what I see with the power. I don't like the flat-footedness, and I do think that will open up opened him up to like the wrestling takedowns, but now nah, I'm going to go with Todorovic TKO. Carrie, we finally get to hear from Carrie. It's been a while. Carrie's back on the coffee and KOs podcast. Um, 2021. I'm here and I'm ready to get it going. And this time we can't miss any shows. So you can actually like compete. Cause honestly you were kind of on a hot streak there at the end and then Life happens. Life happens. Yep. Nope, but I'm back. I'm ready to make my picks. Here we go. Growing up, I was a Yankees fan. You know, Alfonso Soriano played for the Yanks. Great second baseman. Always a fan of him. So I'm going to have to go Soriano. Uh, I think he's just looking at the numbers here. He'll probably just ride it out, take Todorovic down, and uh, and, and ride the match out. I'm going to go Soriano decision. I like that pick. He's actually 80% takedown accuracy, which is ridiculously high. I think those are just UFC numbers. So it's it's he's got a three point two eight takedown advantage. Um, so, but it seems like he has a, a very big disadvantage on the feet. So if he's gonna win, I think it's gonna be takedowns and just kind of control time. So I like the pick carry off to a good start, man. Thanks. We'll see, we'll see how we'll see how it goes. <laughs> uh, next one, Joaquin Buckley, kind of riding the hot streak. He had two big knockouts in twenty twenty. Obviously, the spinning back kick. I'm pretty. I don't. I'm I'm assuming that one. Uh, knockout of the year i'm pretty sure it did um and he's fighting uh another tough one Rico. italian alice there you go you're italian steve say it alessio Rico. 
there there listen is he only the second is it is there's only three italian fighters in the ufc there's him there is a female oh pena uh uh violent bob ross is italian oh that's true yes but there's also uh there's also a female italian and there's marvin yes and then there's marvin vittori so there there aren't many let's go they're they're getting there though we got some good prospects I, i agree but I don't see this going well for uh, the the Chirico. How do you say it again? Chirico. Chirico. De Chirico. De Chirico. Uh, sorry, Steve. I'm butchering your nationalities. Yeah, just, just uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, so, but uh, listen, I don't want to do this because Glory MMA. Those are our boys down there, and they are not fond of Joaquin Buckley at all. There. Um, but Buckley's kind of on a hot streak right now, and his power is just ridiculous, bro. He is built like a brick shit house. That dude is just—he doesn't have an ounce of fat on him. Dude is, and his his power is just crazy. And he's starting to kind of seem a little bit more patient. I'm gonna go Buckley, and I'm gonna go another finish. I think this man kind of goes three knockouts in a row. I mean, it's hard not to bet that way, just based on what we've seen. He really—he's like the. Francis Ngannou of the middleweight division, like his body frame. He, I don't even know how he makes that weight to be honest. He is huge. And he just goes in there, throws bombs, hits you with one, you go down. It's pretty simple. Uh, um he's had a very up and down career. 12 and five, not great. Three and five in the UFC. It, it's just really, really hard to bet against Buckley at this point. If it was someone maybe a, a little bit of a step up above Alessio, I, I could go with that. But Buckley's the heavy favorite here. Um, I think I'm going to have to ride it out with him. And I, I'm not trying to copy your picks, but I got TKO for Buckley. Yeah, yeah, Steve. I know. I, I see what you're doing. Um, Listen, quarantine, there's been a lot of – a lot of content consumption, a lot of subscriptions coming out. HBO Max, big one. Came out with a new show called The Flight Attendant. I don't want to ruin it for you if you haven't watched it, but I'm about to ruin it for you if you haven't watched it. All nice. right, so spoiler alert. There's a really creepy guy in that show. His name is Buckley, badass assassin, right? But you don't you, you don't know who he is until the end. But I feel like we know who Buckley is in this case, and we know he's going to come out like a tank, and he's uh, I'm feeling a knockout as well. So I'm going to go knockout Buckley. All right, Steve, you want to take us to the to the next one? Sure thing. So we got a, another welterweight bout. And I I do have a question for you on this one. So Santiago Ponzinibbio, that's what I'm going to go with, taking on Li Jingliang. Ponzinibbio is 28-3, and 9-2 and two in the UFC. I know he hasn't fought in a few years, but he has wins over some really big names. Do, do you remember this guy coming up? Was he like an unbelievable prospect? That's a ridiculous record to hold. Yeah, yeah, he has been on an absolute tear, um, but he has not fought in forever. Yeah. So I think it's been like two years since he's fought. Let me. I'm looking at his record right now. So he is on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven fight win streak. His last fight was in 2018. He knocked out Neil Magny. That's so. That's wild. So he's beaten in in, the, in those fights. He's beat um, 
Court McGee, Zach Cummings, Nordine Taleb, Gunnar Nelson by KO, Mike Perry by unanimous decision, and Neil Magny. His last loss was to Lorenz Larkin at the time when Lorenz Larkin freaking fought in the UFC. He's beat Sean Strickland. He's been in the UFC since 2013. Um, he's very, very talented. He's just kind of battled some injury issues. Um, he's 34, getting a little bit older, but I like Ponzinibbio in this fight. I mean, Li Jingliang is, is very good. Um but Ponzinibbio, I think, is going to kind of run away with this one. I'm going to, I'm going knockout again, man. I'm feeling like this first card is going to be just stacked. And I just, two years off, and a lot of times they say ring rust, but I don't know, man. There's something about it. I think that the two years off, it just helped him get healthy. It was kind of like Ortega, right? Like Ortega was out, but he was really just kind of getting, getting healthy. And I think that, um, I think that that's the case kind of for Ponzinibbio. Well, so I, I did look into it. He almost died. He really didn't, he didn't just have like health issues he had like major health problems he had a ton of infections um he was hospitalized for months he was on a ton of medication and that's what forced him to not really come back for a long time and that's what kind of freaked me out when i saw that because i saw that he had a 28 and 3 record and, and all those names that you just rattled off are all legitimate competition so it just didn't make sense to me and now, you know, it's, it's got to be a really difficult thing to overcome. And you take that time off and now you're 34 years old. I'm just a little skeptical about where he's actually going to be at. Um, and it's not that uh, Li Jingliang is, is a world beater by any means, but I just think he's just been more active. He's just been in the fight game more and he does have a lot of, a lot of power. He has eight knockout victories. Um, that's almost about half of his wins. So I'm actually going to go with, my boy Li Jing Liang, and they're a decision though. Wow, that's a that's a big pick. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, I said that so so right now Jing Liang is a plus two forty underdog. And I like that. And I'm gonna bet on that. All right, Carrie, go ahead. Um I don't know. This is a this is a tough one for me. Basically because I can't do anything with these names. Ponzinibbio, Jang yep. Lang. The only thing, the only thing I got is Zhang Lang gonna make him sang. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just gonna have to go Zhang Lang, and uh, you know I'll go with a submission. Zhang Lang with a submission. Submission. Let's get it. Wow, that's that's out there. All right. You want to take us to the to the next fight, Steve? Yes. So this is this is the one that kind of threw me for a loop for being the co-main event in an awesome main event. So it's Carlos Condit taking on Matt Brown, which I think I said it before, but this is basically an awesome matchup from like 2010. And I mean, we saw Carlos Condit in his last fight. He fought Court McGee, who's another older veteran fighter, and he actually looks really good in that fight. And then Matt Brown, he just recently fought Miguel Baeza, who's like a 
blazing hot prospect, really good fighter. That was a terrible matchup for him. Um, so I obviously assumed he was going to lose that fight, but when you pair him against Carlos Condit, who's not that hot prospect anymore, he's on the, the back end of the career here. It's kind of tough to pick between these two, but just strictly based off what we've seen with Carlos Condit in his last fight, I thought he actually looked really sharp. His striking was on point. Um, so I, I feel like you got to go with Carlos Condit and I actually really like how the odds are. I think it was minus 160 last I checked, but I feel like you got to put some money on Carlos Condit this weekend. And uh, I'll take him by decision. Damn you. Damn you, Steve. <laughs> um, I actually had Carlos Condit too by decision. I don't know. I think that he's going to honestly probably get it done by knockout because Matt Brown's chin has been like iffy. But Matt, or at the same time, I feel like Condit's uh, you know power also is not the same as it was. So I'm gonna I'm gonna actually ride with uh, I'm gonna go with Condit as well. I'm gonna go decision. But I think that I think that it's gonna be a good fight. Yeah, well, I think well one thing I wrote down here, which I thought was funny, was between the two of them, they have 85 total pro fights, and even within the UFC, they have like. You know, Matt Brown has 25 UFC fights. Condit has 17 UFC fights. Like, these are just, like, legends of the UFC, which is always, you know, it is fun to watch. They always have, like, the the name that a lot of people like to see. But the product, I'm not really getting too hyped about. Um, but we'll see. I thought Condit looked really good in his last fight. Is it my turn? Yes, sir. All right. I think Brown's going to take him down. Ooh, I don't. I don't think Condit. Although now that I, yeah, yeah, I think I think Brown will take him down. I'm gonna go with a, a Brown with a with a TKO. Ooh, a TKO Brown and Pound. Yep, yep, yep. And that's uh, that's the way it's gonna be. <laughs> I think this fight, I, even though it's it's kind of like well overdue, I'm excited for it. I don't know if it's co-main, co-main worthy. But I am excited for it. I, I, it's just, it's like blast from the past. You know what I mean? And I don't know if you've seen the highlights of Matt Brown dropping a elbow on freaking Diego Sanchez. Like he's got power and he's just been doing it forever. If you look like his record, both of these guys' records, like the, the 17 losses and the 13 losses, like that's like kind of the same with Anderson Silva. Not that they're on Anderson Silva level, but they've just fought too long. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, this is a if if you're gonna let him keep fighting, this is the perfect matchup for both of these guys. It's honestly probably a retirement fight for both. Yep, I would definitely say that. I mean, Matt Brown, dude, he's he's 40 years old. He uh, he fought the prospects. He got his butt whooped. Like he's just like, all right, how many more can I do? So this could be the farewell fight for both of them. And yeah, man, I don't know. This is like what you do with those type of guys. Like they're getting to that age. You put them against the prospect, they get killed. I mean, some people might want to see that, but I mean, to have some respect, just pair them with each other and just have them like go out riding off into the sunset. I 100% agree with you. <laughs> um, all right. So it's finally time. It's the time. It is Holloway Cater. Huge moment for Calvin Cater. This is, this is his shot to propel himself to what I think would be title shot contention so i know that that was one of the questions do we think cater will get a shot in 2021 if he wins this fight yes i think that he gets the winner 
of Volk and Ortega if he wins this fight. Um, I'm super excited for this. I'm excited for Cater. We know the New England cartel has been great to us, so I'm super excited for, for him. At the same time, I love Max Holloway. Like You can't dislike Max Holloway. He's a he's a veteran, a young veteran. <laughs> um, he's a veteran. He, he's a nice guy, humble in defeat. He was a great champion. He could we the, the argument can be made that he should still be champion or champ again um, in that second fight fight with Volk. Um, this fight is just electric. Like this is the way you start a year. Um, and I think right off the bat we could have our fight of the year right here. Like I think that this could be an absolute five round war. Guys battered beating the crap out of one another. And you're going to get the volume with, with Holloway. He's going to throw ridiculous volume. He's going to throw 200, 300 punches. But with Cater, you're going to get more power, a little, little bit of volume, but, but much more power, more decisive with his shots, um, and a little bit more of a craftier striker. I mean, we saw the elbow on, on Jeremy Stevens. So this fight is just electric. I'm super excited for it. Man, I... This, this is such a great way to start 2021. And obviously, I have to, I, no matter what, I have to ride with my New England cartel guy, Calvin Cater. But I do actually firmly believe that he can win this fight. And not just saying that because he's with the New England cartel, but we have just seen his boxing is so clean and he, he throws with a ton of power. And like you were saying, against, his Jeremy, against Jeremy Stevens, he was able to get that spinning elbow so he, he can mix it up a little bit, whereas Max is pretty pretty straightforward. You know exactly what's going to happen. He's going to press the pace. He's going to throw 200-plus strikes. He doesn't have a ton of power behind those, but they add up after a while and then eventually wear you down, and that's how he gets a lot of his finishes. So I'm looking for this, like exactly what you just said. It's volume versus power. But if there's one thing that we know about Max Holloway, it's it's that he actually takes a ton of damage himself because he goes to war and he leaves himself open. So a little stat here, but in his last five fights, he's absorbed 678 total strikes, and that's 135 per fight. So yes, like he, I know he throws a ton, but he also gets hit a ton. And I just think with Cater being, you know, he'll have the size advantage. He's 5'11", same height as Holloway, but he's going to have a three-inch reach. And with his boxing skills and his power, I think he's really just going to be able to hit him harder and just kind of wear him down the way that Holloway usually does it. So I'm taking Cater in this all day, TKO. Wow. So another fun fact is Holloway has never been finished. Like He doesn't get knocked yeah. out. Both um, of these guys never finished. So I don't think it's going to go to – I don't – listen, I don't mind the, the Cater pick, and I think – you know, I don't want to make all the same picks as you, man. We That's not the way to start out the year. We got to make this a little bit of a competition. But like you said, New England Cartel has been great to us, so I feel like we have to pull for them. Um, I love Max Holloway, so it will break my heart to see him lose, but it's also going to break my heart to, to if Cater was to lose. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go Cater, but to be different from you, I'm going to say it's going to be a five-round war, and it's going to go to decision. I will say that, and I think you guys talked about this, you and Dave, um, the odds makers here, yes, they're giving Holloway the advantage. He's the favorite in this, but there's some good, that's some good money to put on Holloway. Like he's like, oh nine, yeah, what, like 130, 140. It's really not that big. Like he's still one of the best featherweights to ever do it. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that that's that. There's good money to be made, really, on either end. Even Calvin at being a plus, what was it, one forty underdog or whatever. Like, I think that you know you can make some money there. Um, I don't really like the betting lines too much on this card. I think that's kind of the one fight that you know you could you could make some money on it. But other than that, like, I, I don't I don't typically bet favorites. I'm more of like the underdog guy. Um, and I I think that I don't know. I don't I don't I would kind of shy away if i'm doing a parlay i would shy away from that fight it's too hard it's yeah. too hard to predict i i think the the betting for this card is going to be more of the prop bets I, I like a lot of like the over under rounds i like betting that or even betting by the method i think is a really effective way to bet in this card but yeah like you said i'm not feeling too confident in a lot of these matchups because i think a lot of them are very unknown yeah i 100 percent agree carrie final pick of the day Listen, we got Cater, we got Holloway, Holloway, Cater. Which way do you choose? I think if Cater doesn't take him down in in the, you know, he can't let it go the distance because the judges are just not going to cater to him, and and Holloway will have the sway. Um, I I think he's just I think Holloway is is going to ride it out. Um, I think it's, I think it's going to be Holloway decision. It's a, it's a great pick. Carry? Yeah, we'll make that the scary carry. The I was going to make it to Dorovich, but I feel like that's a really bad choice, and I'm going to go with the Holloway. Ooh, double scary carry to start the year, yeah. and and it's one that could happen. I'd say, yeah, we're going to be uh, we're on the upward climb there. That's going to be a tough one for us, but I, I am going to be still pumped if Calvin gets this win. Yeah, I agree. Fellas, it's been great to be back. God, it's fight week. Can't wait. Saturday, we have a huge show. Saturday, right after the card, you can catch us on the Fight Bananas YouTube channel. We will be live on there recapping the fights right after they happen. Um, If you can't stay up, it'll also be up as a podcast. We're so excited for the opportunity. It's going to be crazy. Um, Don't forget about our merch and our um, our shirt giveaway that we sent to, to Glory MMA, we are going to get that signed by a bunch of guys. The only way that you can win win the shirt is if you're in it to win it, to be in it to win it. You got to post a picture on Instagram using wearing using some sort of coffee and KOs merch. We got t- t-shirts out there. Here's one of them. Cup of Joe Rogan. Um, and all you got to do is post a picture of you with the shirt. Tag us in it and tag Fight Bananas in it. Automatically enters you uh, for a chance to win the shirt. We're super excited for this, and uh, it's going to be a hell of a ride of 2020. Super stoked. Yes, and don't forget, so if you want to buy a shirt, Teespring is what we use. If you go into our Instagram profile or any of our social media profiles, we have our link tree in there. So if you click on that, I think merch is the first one at the top. So go there, find anything that you like. You Use promo code UFC is back. That will give you 15% off. You can buy all the merch that you want. And um, yeah, either way, we're going to be pumped about Saturday, the 3 p.m. card. So we'll probably be going live around 6, 7 o'clock. So make sure to check us out. Yeah, everyone. So that's going to do it for our show. It's been great to be back. Make sure you check out Coffee and KOs on all platforms. Uh, Everywhere that you can find a podcast, that's where you'll find it. This will be up on YouTube. Um, So make sure you check that out. Subscribe. Give us five-star ratings. Follow us on all Instagram, Twitter, using Coffee and KOs 1. We are presented by Fight Bananas, where we are jacked on caffeine and crazy about fights. And uh, 
that's going to be it, guys. <laughs> <laughs>